It's time for the after party. Welcome to the No Quarter Post Game Show on 94.3 The Game and 943thegame.com. Covering everything ECU and beyond. Yes, who's back? Back, back, back again. Here are your hosts for the No yes, Quarter Post Game Show. Trent McGee and Pirate Football alum Eric Graham. Welcome to the No Quarter Post Game Show here on 94.3 The Game and 943thegame.com. We are the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. I'm Trent McGee, joined by producer Ben Byram. Former ECU All-Conference lineman Eric Graham will join us coming up. Interns in the house this afternoon, the ref Philip Pilkington and the righteous Ron Smith. Glad to have those guys here as well. And thank you for joining us here on 94.3 The Game. Well, this was supposed to be our fourth post-game show of the season, but here we are on September 26th, and this is our first show of the 2020 season. Not quite the outcome we were hoping for, but the outcome that many probably expected as number 13 UCF rolled to a 51-28 win this afternoon over ECU at Dowdy Ficklin Stadium. Knights improved to 2-0. Pirates now 0-1 on the season. This game kicked off at 12 noon and ended four hours later. So a very long game today. UCF and ECU combined for 30 penalties for 244 yards. So a very long contest, opening contest this afternoon. Great job, as always, by Jeff Charles and Kevin Monroe anchoring today's coverage on 107.9 WNCT. You heard the game right there in here on 94.3 The Game. Phone lines are open at 252-561-4263. Thanks to our Interbanks Media Pirate partners, Carib Sea Restaurant and Emerald Isle, Fish Prime Raw, Transportation Impact, Ship Smarter, Spend Less, Moore's Old Time Barbecue, that's good eating right there, and Fantastic Sam's Cut and Color, Quality, Service, and Style, all at a fantastic price. Well, Ben, again, not the outcome that we hope for with ECU today, but one, again, that many probably expected to happen, ECU losing to number 13 UCF, 51-28. The Knights as good as advertised. Certainly one of the top, I think, uh, 15 teams in the country for sure. Their ranking indicates that perhaps uh, one of the top 10 teams in the country, if not a little bit higher. This football team seems to have it all, and they're led by their quarterback, Dylan Gabriel, who had another big game this afternoon. He was 32-47, of 47, 408 yards Four touchdowns passing for Dylan Gabriel today. And uh, he has a pretty good wideout on the outside. And Marlon Williams, he had 13 catches for 136 yards, as did Jalen Robinson. He had nine catches for 150 yards and two touchdowns. So UCF uh, made it look easy there. Uh, Really, I thought at the start of the third quarter, ECU opened this game with a great opening drive, looked really good to start. And Ben, what was so crazy about the start of this football game is that UCF had four consecutive penalties on their opening drive and ECU had the Knights backed up third and long I think it was third and 10 plus yards easily twice on their opening drive but UCF still managed to pick up first downs five fault actually was five fault start penalties for UCF on their opening drive however ECU fumbled on the first play of their uh, of their next possession. And then again, and on the afternoon, four turnovers for ECU. It's going to be hard to beat good football teams when you turn the football over four times on the afternoon. Saw this stat earlier today. 
since 2017, UCF is 23-1 and when forcing two-plus turnovers. So they're very good in the takeaway game. They make you pay. It's a high-powered, quick-tempo offense led by a good QB in Dylan Gabriel. They're fast. They're big up front. And when it comes right down to it, Ben, I thought ECU just, you really saw it, I thought, late in that first half, early in that second half, just looked outmatched. Yeah, they, they, they looked gassed there at the end. And what was really frustrating, it was almost like UCF held their chin out, held their jaw out. It's like, hey, ECU, take your best punch. And we couldn't get the knockout. It, it seemed like we were grazing them more so than getting a knockout. And it was just frustrating. So many opportunities that the offense just couldn't capitalize on. After ECU scored on their first possession, UCF reeled off 27 unanswered points to end the first half and held a 27-7 to lead there at the break. UCF finished the first half with 363 yards of total offense, but almost as many, many penalties with 13 as they had first down 16 in the first half. So it was just, it was a very odd football game all the way around when you look at the penalties and the way UCF performed. Because I felt like throughout the game, they could have been up by three touchdowns early, but then I felt like ECU had the opportunity to be up by a score or two themselves, but they shot themselves in the foot. It was one of those odd games where it felt very winnable, but it felt like it could have got carried away very quickly in an instance. It was it was very odd, to say the very to say the least. We'll hear from head coach Mike Houston coming up in just a bit. Uh, his post-game press conference taking place right now via Zoom, of course. Today's game uh, there at Daddy Ficklin, it was broadcast nationally on ABC. Dave Pash and Mike Golick there on the call, and uh, it was good to uh, put Greenville and ECU and Daddy Ficklin there in the national spotlight, but of course, very odd not to see any fans in the stands. Hopefully, uh, that won't be the case as we get to uh, uh, maybe game three of the season. I should say the third home game of the season. Of course, we can have fans in the stands starting uh, October 2nd, 7% capacity, so it will still be a very low number in terms of fans at the game, but hopefully things will change as we move forward. Now, ECU is scheduled to play at Georgia Tech, I'm sorry, at Georgia State next Saturday. UCF will host Tulsa. ECU's game at Georgia State could be in question, though. The Panthers' game today against Charlotte was postponed out of an abundance of caution after positive COVID-19 tests and contact tracing. Georgia State did not say how many tested positive on the team, when they tested positive, and if they were players, coaches, or a combination of both. So we're going to have to wait and see. I think right now that game is tentative. We'll wait and find out if ECU will play at Georgia State next Saturday. If they do, that game is set to kick off at 12 noon in Atlanta. It will be broadcast on ESPNU. Of course, you can hear the action as you can all season long right here on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 the game and 107.9 WNCT. We're going to take our first time out and come back. A lot more to get to here on today's game and uh, a lot of positives to accentuate and some negatives too. We'll talk about that when we come back. You're listening to the No Quarter Post Game Show here on 94.3 The Game. Two five two five six one four two six three is the phone number. If you want to chime in this afternoon here on the No Quarter Post Game Show on 94.3 The Game, I'm Trent McGee, Ben Byron producing today's show. Eric Graham coming up in just a bit. May check in with a few others as well to talk ECU, UCF, the Pirates falling to the Knights this afternoon by a count of 51 to 28. Third time that ECU has opened the season against a conference opponent since becoming an FBS League member. They did so back in 2010 against Tulsa. They won the next game 
for those of you taking notes. They did so also in 2003, taking on Cincinnati. They lost that next game, and they did so for the very first time in 1947 against Lenore Ryan. They won that game uh, as well. So ECU, UCF has now won eight of the last ten meetings in this matchup, the last win for ECU coming in 2015. So UCF has had a stronghold on this series for the last few matchups. Taking a look this afternoon at some of the stats, team stats, and if you look at things on paper, Ben, it doesn't look that bad for ECU. In fact, total yards, UCF 632, ECU 459 yards on the afternoon. First downs, 29 for UCF, 25 for the Pirates. Through the air, 408 yards passing for UCF, 215 for ECU. So that's one area that I think we expected to see more from, that being the passing game. Not a great day stat-wise for Holton Aylers. 14 for 29, 215 yards, three touchdowns, one pick. I think we expected more uh, from uh, the passing game, but I do think things will certainly get better. I think this receiving core is still very good. They have a long ways to go, but I think they'll get better uh, as time goes on. First game of the season, you expect some of the mistakes that were made. We heard ECU head coach Mike Houston say after the game that you can't have four turnovers, 11 penalties, and expect to beat good football teams like UCF. And that pretty much sums up the way this afternoon went. You cannot win football games really against any football team, I think, when you have four turnovers in the game. UCF, again, having none on the afternoon. You know, I I think ECU has some of the best backs in the league, one of the best quarterbacks in the league, and again, uh, one of the best receiving cores in the American Conference, so I think things will get better. Speaking of the running game, ECU outrushing UCF 244-224, to and they were led on the ground this afternoon by true freshman Keaton Mitchell out of McDonough, Georgia. He led the Pirates on the ground with fifty with 66 yards on eight carries. Holton Aylers rushed it 12 times for 55 yards. In the passing game, Audio Matosho was a receiving leader for the Pirates. He had three catches for 56 yards. And not uh, a huge day for C.J. Johnson, the sophomore who we expected to have a very, who we still expect to have a very good season. Uh, He was held to just two catches for 52 yards. He did have one touchdown on the afternoon. And Tyler Sneed, just two catches for eight yards on the afternoon as well. So the passing game, Ben, was an area that we thought would be explosive today for ECU. That really wasn't the case. I I think part of that has to do with the offensive line. I mean, you're talking about a group throughout the country for multiple teams that is really dealing with the effects of COVID-19, especially in that room. And I think just injuries and a lot of – there's not a lot of consistency in chemistry when it comes to the offensive line. A lot of new pieces, a lot of guys that are, are still trying to heal and get, get, get healthy. So I think just the offensive line's inconsistency and just trying to get healthy kind of hurt the passing game a little bit. And uh, sometimes I think maybe Holton Aylers lost a little bit of confidence – his offensive line and would scramble thinking that there was no pocket there when there clearly was. And then other times he was justified there was no pocket. I just think it was very inconsistent on the offensive line's part. Well, we heard offensive coordinator Donnie Kirkpatrick say earlier this week that the difference in Holton Aylers from this point last season or, or, or uh, from last season to, this, to, to where we are now in this season is like night and day. I did see a big improvement, in my opinion, in Holton Aylers and the way he played. I thought he looked a little more patient in the pocket. I thought he threw the football better. He still had a couple of throws off his back foot. I think he wishes he could could have had back. But I thought overall Holton Aylers had a very good football game this afternoon. 
I thought, too, once the game got out of hand, being that you can't burn a red shirt this season, that we might see Mason Garcia get a few snaps. That was a little bit disappointing. A little disappointing. I was expecting to see Mason out there. So, And I'm sure that Coach Houston was asked about that. We'll find out coming up when we hear from Coach in his press conference this afternoon. But I thought we might see Mason Garcia get a few snaps once the game was well in hand for UCF. That wasn't the case. But not at all putting the outcome on Holton Aylers. He had a good football game today. He is capable of playing much better. You mentioned the offensive line. Again, it's a group that's still trying to gel, and I think coming to its own. We'll get Eric Graham's thoughts on that coming up uh, here in a bit. Former uh, ECU All-Conference lineman. He keeps a close eye on the offensive line and what they do. I thought overall they, they played okay. And again, it, you could tell ECU was really trying to establish a running game this afternoon. They kept going back to it. There were a few times when they were forced into long situations, second long, third long, where they chose to run the football. Thought they might go the different play call, but they didn't. But they're trying to get something going with that ground game. Now, Demetrius Mooney did not play today, and we think he could still be suffering from an ankle injury as far as we know. Hopefully he'll be back for the Georgia State game should that game be played next weekend. But I think he adds another dimension to this football team. But a good performance from Keaton Mitchell, the true freshman. And we saw Chase Hayden, the Arkansas transfer, get some touches today. Raji Harris, not a bad opening game for him. 12 carries, 42 yards. And Darius Penix Jr., again, he runs so hard. I, I liked what I saw from Penix. There were a few running lanes for him at certain times during the game, but he runs hard and is by far the most physical back that the Pirates have on this roster. So it's a group that I think, uh, you know, there's, there's, there's talent there. But as Donnie Kirkpatrick also said, there's one football. They all want to touch it. Hopefully, I think they'll, they'll want to find someone they can really rely on in the ground game to give it to and to pick up positive yards, certainly on third and short uh, and in early drive situations for the Pirates. But again, they faced, I think, what will be the best football team they see the entire season in UCF. This football team now 2-0 after beating Georgia Tech to open the season. And Ben, too, I, you know, being the first game of the season, we thought there were going to be mistakes. And, and Eric Graham and I talked about this earlier this week. ECU had to take care of the football and not have costly mistakes. And that's exactly what happened. We, again, we expected to see some of those. Didn't expect to see four turnovers. And when you're playing a team like UCF, who is as quick as they are, they're so fast. And, you know, ECU had a hard time, I thought, matching up with a lot of their guys on the outside. They're going to make you pay. And they did just that. Again, four turnovers on the afternoon, none for UCF. That was a big difference in the game, if not the biggest difference in the football game this afternoon. We'll get Mike Houston's comments here in a bit coming up. Again, UCF 51, ECU 28. The Pirates now 0-1, UCF 2-0 on the season. We'll go ahead and take another timeout and come back. A lot more to get to here. We'll have a scoreboard update from Ben Byram. Some surprising scores throughout college football this afternoon. And we'll preview some of tonight's games as well. Football now in full swing for most of the country. The SEC kicking off today. And there are more scores that have happened and more games coming up tonight. We'll preview those and take a look ahead at ECU schedule here on the No Quarter Post Game Show. Stay tuned. Thirteenth-ranked UCF, fifty-one ECU, twenty-eight. The final score this afternoon from Downey Thickland Stadium. This is a no-quarter post-game show here on ninety-four-three. The game, the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. ECU opened their scoring drive with a seventeen-yard pass from Holton Aylers to Darius Penix Jr. That was the first score of the game. A Jake Verity field goal made it seven-nothing for the Pirates. And then after that, UCF 
reeled off 27 unanswered points and never looked back after that. And again, the final score, 51-28. We do have some postgame comments right now coming up. This was ECU head coach Mike Houston following the game in the locker room talking with Brian Bailey. Three fumbles hurt. You guys weathered that storm a little bit, but it took its toll later on, didn't it? Well, you just missed on opportunities. You know, playing so well defensively against, you know, the best team in our league. You know, really, you know, getting off the field, uh, had really good field position. If you could have converted those, uh, you know, we had the ball midfield and across. Um, you know, it would have been a different uh, a different looking game in the first half. Um, I was, you know, I've been doing this long enough. I knew when we you kept on kept on having those mistakes right there against a good football team, you can't continue to do that. It's going to bite you in the rear end eventually, and it did. So um, just disappointed in that. Uh, really proud of the way our kids came out and competed. Uh, certainly wasn't for lack of effort. I thought our physicality up front was very good. Um, just got a you know a ton of mistakes. You know, four turnovers, uh, eleven penalties. Uh, you just you can't make those mistakes against a good team. How different was it in the stadium today? I'll tell you, I, on the field you don't notice it. I don't. I mean, certainly you know we miss the crowd as far as the Pirate Nation. But what I was prepared for and what it was, I thought I thought our, our game day operations did absolutely as good a job as you could. I mean, I thought they really created a positive vibe on the field because once you start playing, you just you know you're so into it. Um, you know, the kids may have a different feeling there. But, uh, you know, certainly I thought game day operations did the best they could. Uh, it'll be good uh, next home game to have some more, uh, you know, faithful Pirates in the stands and to have some more cheering on. Uh, and I look forward to the day when we got all 51,000 back. Finally, how encouraging was it to run the football like you did? Well, I'm, I really like our running back room. Um, you know, our offensive line's improved. Uh, I think we still, you know, too many mistakes. Uh, but certainly the improvement that uh, we wanted, we saw. That's head coach Mike Houston, Jeff. Yeah, that was ECU head football coach Mike Houston after the game. And as you've heard Coach Houston say, he still likes what he has with that running back core. I thought they played pretty well this afternoon collectively with it being the opening game of the season. Still some mistakes and some things to, uh, to shore up, but I thought overall the running game from ECU fared uh, pretty well today. Again, on the afternoon, ECU running for 244 yards. So they outrushed UCF 244 to 224 uh, Holton Aylers, again, his first touchdown pass uh, going to Darius Pinnock, a 17-yard score. Then he hooked up with C.J. Johnson for a 37-yard touchdown. That was ECU's second score of the game. Here was the quarterback, Holton Aylers, after the game today. Down here with quarterback Holton Aylers. And Holton, I think you set the tone early on when you guys really had it going offensively when you ran that one guy over. And that first drive was pretty incredible, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, we want to start off fast. and I mean, that was the thing we talked about all week, and we really did that. We just got to sustain that and keep the energy, and, I mean, we just got to keep it going from there. I mean, we kind of fell off after that, and we just got to get back into the offense. Um, I, mean, it's, I mean, it's a weird 2020, but we just got to trust each other and bring our own energy. How discouraging were the three fumbles early on? Very. Um, you know, one of them's on me, and I got to be better in that, and I can't let that happen again. But, um, I mean, yeah, I mean, anytime you turn the ball, ball over with that kind of offense, I mean, they're – top 15 team in the nation um, we knew that we couldn't turn the ball over and um, you know I got to be better but did you guys see plenty of positives especially from the younger players to move forward yeah um, I think we do I mean I still think we got the best receivers in the in the conference and I still think we got some of the best backs in the conference and I trust those guys and I mean I'm just going to go out there every single day and compete and get better and push each other to get better and we're just going to keep getting better take us through the comedy connection with CJ yeah, I mean he's he's a great one we got a we got a couple of good ones out there just got to get them the ball more and let them work in space that's Holt Naylor's. That's ECU junior quarterback Holton Naylor's after the game, and he's right. That fumble was on him. But, you know, uh, Ben, Holton continuing to show that 
He's not afraid to run the football, and it will run over you. And he lowered the boom at one point there in the first half. He is a tough, physical quarterback, six foot three, 228 pounds, is the junior from right here in Greenville, the D.H. Conley product. Of course, we can expect to see and hope to see more hookups between with that Conley connection, as we refer to it, between Holton Aylers and C.J. Johnson. Of Now, uh, ECU's third score of the afternoon came uh, at the 8.09 mark of the third quarter, of the fourth quarter, that is, uh, Darius Pennix running in uh, for a three-yard touchdown. It was the only rushing touchdown on the afternoon for ECU. So the Pirates, again, running the football a lot in this game. We talked about it earlier this week, and we're wondering if ECU would try and establish a strong ground game. We see that they did, uh, or that they want to, uh, running the football a lot uh, this afternoon. And again, Demetrius Mooney not in, did not play today. He's still bothered by a, uh, a nagging ankle injury. Hopefully Mooney will get healthy and will be back should the Pirates take on Georgia State next weekend in Atlanta. A lot of foot college football taking place today. Again, we can pretty much say college football now in full swing across the country. Time now for a scoreboard update with our own Ben Byron. Thanks, Trent. We kick things off with one of the only matchups between two North Carolina teams, App State host Campbell. App State spanked the Fighting Campbells 52-21. Mountaineers running back Daytrick Harrington had a game to remember, rushing for over 200 yards and four rushing touchdowns. Meanwhile, we have a few matchups from the American Conference as Tulane sent a close one on the road against Southern Miss. The Green Wave currently leading 24-21 at the half. Tulane running back Tajay Spears having a great game on the ground so far, rushing for 50 yards and two touchdowns. Currently at the half, 14th-ranked Cincinnati's in a chess match with 22nd-ranked Army. A big passing touchdown from Bearcat quarterback Desmond Ritter has repelled Cincinnati over the Black Knights 10-7. In ACC, Duke currently battle, battling Virginia up in Charlottesville. It's a close one as Virginia's barely leading 14-10 against the Blue Devils in the second quarter. 21st-ranked Pittsburgh remains undefeated as they defeated 24th-ranked Louisville in a close one. The Panthers pulled off a 23-20 victory Pittsburgh quarterback Kenny Pickett able to have a strong game, completed 23 of his 38 passes for 220 yards and two touchdowns. And Syracuse pulled off a convincing win over Georgia Tech, winning that matchup 37-20. From the top 25, fifth-ranked Florida defeats Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss 51-35. Eighth-ranked Auburn kicks it into gear and pulls off the 29-13 win over 23rd-ranked Kentucky. And wrapping up, we have a huge upset as third-ranked Oklahoma falls to underranked Kansas State. The Wildcats pulling off the 38-35 victory. And get this, the Wildcats scored 24 unanswered points to end the game. Highly touted Sooners quarterback Spencer Rattler balled out despite the outcome, completing almost 75% of his passes for 387 yards and four touchdowns and only one interception. Coming into that matchup, the Sooners were favored by 27.5 points. If you're a no-quarter postgame show, scoreboard update, I'm Ben Barm Trent. All right, Ben, thanks so much for that. Yeah, surprising score there with Oklahoma. Third-ranked Oklahoma losing to Kansas State, 38-35. The Sooners now 1-1 on the season, as is Kansas State, so a big surprise there. And in the SEC, number 5, Florida, 51, Ole Miss, 35. So we heard Dylan Gabriel, UCF quarterback, saying earlier this week he thinks they certainly have the best team in Florida. I think the Gators might have something to say about that as they took care of Ole Miss, 51-35. So that's when, when you look at that, Ben, those Florida teams, Florida State, Miami, UCF, Florida, right now certainly Florida and I think UCF, the two top teams, Miami right there uh, in third. I think Florida State right now, uh, you can say, is maybe the fourth best team in the state. Then you can look at FAU. But, 
you know, would love to see a Florida UCF matchup. It's kind of fun. It'll be fun to see how those two kind of go back and forth with each other this season as uh, as things go on. But I, I tell you what, I thought UCF when they lost McKenzie Milton, I thought they would take a step back. I thought losing him to the injury he had would set them back a notch. But man, Josh Heupel has come into this program and really uh, just picked up from where they left off after Scott Frost left. And Dylan Gabriel has come in and has played phenomenally well. I didn't know, Ben, they went to the same high school. Did you know that, Mackenzie Milton? Yeah, yeah, two Hawaiian uh, quarterbacks there. I saw that. Dylan Gabriel did. So uh, he is certainly the leader of this football team, and they will go as he goes. I was a little bit surprised he played as long as he did today. I thought that Josh Heupel might pull him out earlier in that game today just as a precaution because they cannot afford to cert- certainly to lose him. Uh, but right now, UCF looking like the leader in the American Conference. They take on Tulsa next week, and uh, you know they're just they're explosive, they're fast, and I haven't seen a team play as fast as UCF. Maybe since some of the Oregon teams back in 20, some of Chip Kelly's Oregon teams back in 2013, 2014. But what's so impressive about UCF is that they execute at that tempo. It's one thing to run an offense as fast as they do and to get back to the line as quickly as they do, but to execute the offense the way they do, it can really tire a defense out. You made the point to me during the game that ECU's defense looked gas at one point, and they did. I thought they got tired. It's very tough to keep up with an offense like that, and it's very tough for a scout team to try and duplicate what you're going to see on game day when you're facing a team like UCF. Now, we know the ECU have certainly had their guys doing that and trying to do that this week, but it's such a different ball game when you're actually playing the team. And, you know, I, I think it's hard for any team in the country to have their scout team be able to duplicate what UCF runs as quickly as UCF runs it. They're efficient. Again, they're big up front, and they certainly have, I think, what it takes uh, to to be one of college football's best teams this season. A long season to go, a long ways to go. We're just starting now the 2020 season. Here we are mid-September, almost into October, coming next week. So a lot of football left to be played. But as of right now, UCF certainly one of the top football teams in the country. 252-561-4263 is the number here on the No Quarter Post Game Show. Feel free to give us a call if you would like. We'll take a timeout and come back. More to come here on 94.3 The Game. All right, welcome back to the No Quarter Post Game Show here on 94.3 The Game. 252-561-4263 is our number here this afternoon. If you would like to chime in, ECU falling to 13th ranked UCF 51-28. Dylan Gabriel, big afternoon throwing for over 400 yards. He is the first player in UCF's FBS history, which began in 1996, to throw for 400 yards and four touchdowns in multiple game. He's done that now. In each of the last two weeks, UCF also with two receivers with over 100 yards receiving for the second straight game. Marley Williams, 114 yards today, and Jalen Robinson, 100 yards uh, today. So UCF has what it takes to uh, make a strong run. Potentially, they could run the table. I know a lot of football left, but I think this football team certainly uh, the last two weeks has given everyone the impression that they can do just that. We're going to hear from ECU head football coach Mike Houston. Coming up here in just a bit. Again, you heard Ben Byram give a scoreboard update just a moment ago. Uh, and some other big games uh, coming up tonight. We'll see Alabama in action for the first time. They're on the road at Missouri. Number 10, Texas A&M will host Vanderbilt in the ACC tonight. Number 12, Miami will host Florida State. We were just talking about some of the best teams in Florida and we still think UCF might be the one right now. Of course, Florida can make a strong case for that as well after they beat Ole Miss today, 51-35. 
Also in the SEC tonight, number 16, Tennessee, on the road at South Carolina. And in the ACC, number 20, Virginia Tech, will host NC State. Interested to see how the Wolfpack will fare on the road and how much they improved after that Week 1 win against Wake Forest. So that game will come up tonight at 8 o'clock from Lane Stadium in Blacksburg, Virginia. Ben, let's go and get to some of the comments from ECU head coach Mike Houston from this afternoon. This was head coach, uh, this was Houston after uh, today's game. Of course, it was a virtual press conference, doing everything virtually now uh, in, in so many different ways with ECU football, with teams across the country, everyone having to do things and conduct things in this manner. So, Ben, not exactly sure the lineup of the cuts. You just gave those to me, and I was listening, I promise, but I forgot what it was. Where are we going to go first? Let's go uh, him talking about the Pirate defense. Okay, here's ECU head football coach Mike Houston on the Pirates' defensive effort this I afternoon. Think, I think uh, I think our, our our speed and our movement, uh, you know, really, uh, you know, did some did some good things to slow down UCF. Uh, and I think that's what you get to look at against a team like that. I mean, that explosive of an offense, you're never going to completely stop them. But if you can slow them down, then that gives you the shot. And that's what that's what we did. Um, you look at, you know, get the one busted coverage in the first half, which is inexcusable. Um, you got the, you know, the one run right before the half and then the one run late. You know, those three big plays were the three that kind of popped, you know, out there as I was watching the game, you know, real time. Um, you know, the rest of the time, I think we really made them work for what they got. And that's the real key. Um, you know, we got to correct our mistakes. Uh, got to continue to push to improve. Uh, disappointed we didn't force any turnovers. You know, it's a big, a big goal for us. So uh, that's something we got to continue to work on. You know, it's it's a defense that we really weren't sure. At least I wasn't sure what to expect from this defense coming into today's game. When you look at ECU before this game today, I think everyone thought the offense can score some points. They have the pieces in place, but the defense was still a question mark in so many areas. I thought they played well at times. I thought they looked pretty good against the run early in the first half. The secondary made some plays. They didn't make enough. I still thought UCF this afternoon had a lot of separation, Ben, with their receivers throughout the, throughout the day. And Jacob Harris was a nightmare matchup, the big six foot five tight end. You know, I was looking earlier today. He looks like he's one of the best tight ends in the country. I don't know if that was ECU's defense making him look that good. Or if if he really is, I didn't see him listed in any of the mock drafts as one of the top ten top tight ends in the country. But he looked like one today. He was a tough guard for that ECU defense this afternoon. And still, they they have to find a way, I think, to uh, to kind of close the gap on that coverage there in the secondary. But we did see some good play from Nolan Johnson. We saw some some uh, good defensive plays too from Jaquan McMillan. So this is a, a defense again that is still young and somewhat inexperienced. It just so happens that they had to go up against the best team they'll see all season in their opening game. But as you heard Coach Houston just say, you know, they were disappointed they didn't get any turnovers, and you have to try and do that against a football team like this, but the Pirates unable to do so. Also didn't get much pressure either from that defensive front on Dylan Gabriel. No sacks on the afternoon for UCF, so that's one thing they're going to have to get better at. And I think should ECU play Georgia State a week from today, I think you'll see improvements in those areas now Georgia State a much lesser opponent than UCF but that is what it is I think ECU has to just build on what they can build on moving forward where are we going next Ben let's go uh let's go Houston talking about improvements in the team all right it was uh ECU head coach Mike Houston on uh improving uh from certainly now 
up until when they take on, potentially take on Georgia State a week from today? Well, we got to improve. That's it. You know, I think that uh, the kids kids showed that they're going to play hard. The kids showed that they're going to play with some physicality and intensity and energy. That's a big key. Uh, but we got to eliminate the mistakes. Uh, I was hoping that we wouldn't have those in the first game, you know. Uh, but, you know, reality is, and, and I know this, I've coached in a lot of first games, is uh, you usually go through that. Uh, you know, I, you don't have the turnovers. You don't have the penalties. It's a different game. But, Let's you know, we did. So you got to fix them. Uh, you know, we've got a very, very talented Georgia State team. I got to watch a little bit of them against uh, Louisiana Lafayette uh, uh, last week and just a really, really explosive athletes. Sean's done a great job there building that program. Uh, well, we got our hands full next week, but, uh, you know, really want to focus on this film tomorrow and uh, get our corrections made uh, before turning everything to Georgia State tomorrow night. Again, if that game is going to be played. EC will get back to it tomorrow to get ready and begin preparations for the Panthers. That game's set for 12 noon in Atlanta next week. Should it be played again, Georgia State's game today against Charlotte was postponed due to an abundance of caution after positive COVID-19 tests and contract, contract tracing. So we do not know yet if ECU will play Georgia State next week. And as of right now, uh, there's been no official word that that game has been called off. We'll wait and see. Hopefully, ECU can play it because I think they certainly need to play it because they get into conference play after that. And and this will be the uh, only non-conference game of the season for ECU. Of course, the first three games of the season were postponed. The Pirates were supposed to take on Marshall, Norfolk State, and South Carolina. Those three games postponed will not be – well, we don't know yet about the Marshall game. There was talk earlier with from ECU AD John Gilbert that that game could potentially be made up. Haven't heard much on that. Have you been since he made that announcement? No, not yet. So we're going to have to wait and find out if that game will be played. I know they want to try to get that game in uh, because there's a lot surrounding that football game. But as of right now, that game has not been put back on the calendar. So Georgia State, the only non-conference opponent for ECU. And uh, here was Coach Houston talking about the potential for next week's game to be postponed. Um, yeah, I don't uh, – until they do, we're playing it. And uh, just uh, – I, I would bet. I, I would bet we probably play the game. Uh, I don't think that uh, you know their issues are quite as bad as what uh, some may think they are. I think they'll. I think we'll probably play the game. We'll see. So we'll have to wait and find out if they do. That game is set to kick off at twelve noon. The Pirate Game Day Countdown, driven by Doug Henry, will get underway at nine o'clock with Patrick Johnson and Terrence Copper. Great pregame show from those two this morning, leading up to network coverage here on ninety four three. The game. At 11, again, kickoff is set for 12 noon should that game be played next week. Now, when you look at this UCF football team on the offensive side today, they had one, two, three, four senior starters defensively, one, two, three, four, five seniors on this UCF defense. So they're a much uh, more experienced football team than ECU. Here was Mike Houston talking about that experience for UCF. You have those big play guys, you know, the Otis Andersons. Uh, you know, those, all those guys, McCray, all those guys on offense, um, you know, they're, they're always going to have the ability to make the big play. You know, so many third downs in that first drive, we had a chance to get off the field and they were able to convert. Uh, I did think as the game went on, uh, you know, we were able to get those third downs, get those stops. So uh, I thought we saw some improvement there. But, you know, a team like that, like I said, you're never going to stop them. Uh, but if you can get enough stops within the game, uh, and you can convert those, and that's how, that's how you win that game. 
So there you go. I mean, it's, again, UCF, one game under their belt. They have more experience. You can look at all the things you want to uh, as reasons why UCF won that football game today. But when it comes right down to it, UCF is just a, a better football team right now than ECU. They have more experience. I do think having that one game against Georgia Tech being played certainly helped them coming into today's game. You wouldn't have thought that after seeing UCF have five false start penalties to open the game, but it ended up not hurting them. Now, had ECU been able to get the football back uh, in that first quarter on UCF's opening possession, again, where they had UCF backed up third and a mile, and then UCF completes the pass over the middle, they get a big chunk of that back, and then they end up getting a first down. So twice, ECU had an opportunity on UCF's opening possession to get the football back, unable to do so. Those are the kinds of things that I think really frustrate a head football coach and new defensive coordinator Blake Harrell. I think they're going to look at that and say, we have to be able to make a play in that situation, and they do. You cannot allow a football team when it's third and long twice, and I mean third and very long twice, to convert and to pick up first down. So UCF... I mean, ECU going to have to find a way to get better there. And again, we just saw UCF really take control of the game from a physical standpoint, I thought, late in that first half and to start the second half. And then when they made it a 31-7, uh, a, a 30, a, uh, 34-7 contest, the game was, was out of hand at that point. Uh, but, you know, ECU stayed in it. They were competitive. They played hard. Uh, their last touchdown of the day, a Tyler Sneed touchdown catch, uh, from Holton Aylor. So a lot to build on for ECU, but a lot certainly to get back and work on this week as they get ready for Georgia State. And then we have to hope, and I hate to even mention this because I don't, I don't want to jinx ECU, but we have to hope that they don't have to deal with any COVID-19 situations in terms of positive tests. ECU is a football team right now that after today, you would look at and say they need to be as healthy as they can. They need to have guys in place, cannot afford to lose any key playmakers on either side of the football depth was something we were, you know, we were worried about coming in. I think they have more of it, but it's not experienced depth. It's not guys that have played a lot of snaps that you can put into the game and really feel comfortable with or confident in that they can uh, come in and fill the void. So hopefully that won't be an issue for ECU again. We'll find out uh, if that game with Georgia State. I expect maybe an announcement to come. I really have no idea. I, I would hope it was it would come as early as Monday if they're going to be able to play that game. I don't know how long they can go out. But, however, you know, it's not a long trip for ECU to make to Atlanta. So this that announcement may come a little bit later in the week. We'll just have to wait and find out again. Should that game be played, it will be at 12 noon, again, on ESPNU. But we encourage you to listen to it, if you can, here on 94.3 The Game and 107.9 WNCT, the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. We'll go ahead and take a timeout, Ben. Come back when we do. We're going to hear again from Holton Ayler, some of his comments from after the game. And more. This is a no quarter post game show on 94.3 The Game. Back to the no quarter post game show on 94.3 The Game. Eric Graham would uh, normally be here with us here on the no quarter post game show. Eric coaching a football team this afternoon, and uh, we still may link up with Eric before this show is over, or we may not. But if not, he'll be back with us next weekend should there be a game played. Now, just uh, being notified that Marshall is actually open next weekend. Their game with Rice was postponed, so they're available to play. Um, thank you for that information there, Patrick Johnson. So not sure if uh, any plans are in the works to 
potentially play that game next weekend. Should ECU and Georgia State not play? Have no idea where the conversations are on that. I'm sure that ECU's administration and AD John Gilbert are on top of that and are aware of that. So we'll just have to wait and find out how that situation plays out for ECU and Georgia State. But again, if you're just tuning in, Marshall's game today with Rice was postponed. So they are available to play next weekend. So there is a potential open date for those two teams to get together and play what was supposed to be the opening game of the season for both teams. Again, ECU falling to UCF, knocking off ECU today, 51-28 on a day that UCF quarterback Dylan Gabriel was certainly the man of, uh, normally I would say the hour but the, or the three hours, but it was a four-hour game. Uh, <laughs> 32 of 47, 408 yards, four touchdowns on the afternoon. Holt Naylor's 14 of 29, 215 yards, three touchdowns, one pick on the afternoon. I mentioned that EC was led on the ground by true freshman Keaton Mitchell this afternoon. We did see some positives from him. He had eight carries for 66 yards. And Audi Amatosho, a guy that came in last year from UCLA, a guy that we were hoping and thought could be an impact player for this ECU football team. He led the Pirates in receiving today three catches for 56 yards. So we saw the talent that Amatosho has. He can be a force for ECU in the receiving court. And again, I still think despite the passing game not being as effective today as we know it can be, I do think, as Holton Naylor said after the game, ECU has, I think, maybe the best receiving core in the league. Although, I'll tell you this. <laughs> With all due respect to them, UCF is very good, too. I mean, Marlon Williams is, is fantastic. I mean, he's really, really good. Jalen Robinson's really, really good. They have three or four guys, and you factor in Jacob Harris, who they use a lot with his size. They're very, very good on the outside. So, collectively, both units or both teams with very good receiving cores, but uh, UCF's certainly, I think, maybe one of the best uh, in the league, too, if not one of the best in the country. Uh, we have some sound from Holton Ehlers after the game this afternoon. Here was Holton talking about uh, the mistakes that were made today. Yeah, I mean, I think you said there were turnovers. I mean, I think we had drives going there. We just stopped ourselves. Um, it starts with me. I had a fumble. Um, I got to be better. And, I mean, we're just going to work this week and, and get better from that. But, I mean, obviously we started hot. Um, you know, we, we felt like the game plan was good just going into it. And we wanted to – you know, we knew that their first quarter was explosive and, and we wanted to be that way too. And I mean, we were other than turnovers. I mean, if we don't turn the ball over there, we got drives going. He's exactly right. I mean, if ECU takes care of the football, you know, I think they're in this game in the first quarter. It could be a much different football game. I'm not so sure the ECU would have had enough to, to win the game, but they make it interesting. I don't think it would have gotten out of hand the way it did if ECU had taken care of the football. And they were certainly costly turnovers, one that Holton had. Another fumble there by, by by Hayden. Was it was it Hayden that had it? It yep. wasn't Penny. It was Chase, yeah, Chase Hayden that had that fumble. So, you know, those were two costly turnovers. And again, when you're playing a team like UCF, with them being able to score as quickly as they can, those kinds of turnovers are crucial for any football team. You can't make them against a team like the Knights. Here was Holton talking about his group of young running backs. They're talented. I mean, I've known that since the day I got here that they were talented and um I mean, each each game, each snap is experience for them that they're going to be better. I mean, they're going to be great backs here. They already are pretty good. And, um, I mean, I think that, I mean, the more they get in the passing game and the more pass blocking, the more that they'll get in. And, and really, because, I mean, the running the ball is not their issue and they just got to continue to grow. And, I mean, as any freshman do, I mean, they're going to make mistakes. But, I mean, we all kind of made mistakes today. It's not just them. You know, I, I saw Holton today on one particular play, 
and I wanted to point this out because, you know, we, we heard Donnie Kirkpatrick, ECU's offensive coordinator, talking earlier this week about the leadership role that Holt Naylor's is taking and, and the way he leads his football team and how he has become certainly the guy that the younger players look up to. He's so mature. He's such a likable guy. But if you recall, Ben, I don't know if you saw it or not, but there was one play in that first half where Holton was knocked out of bounds by um, by UCF's linebacker. And Holton actually laid the bigger hit because the UCF linebacker actually fell down on the play. And as they were running back, Holton tried to show him some love. Yeah, yeah, give him I, a five, that. I remember and, that. And, and the linebacker was having none of it. You know, and, and I looked at that and thought, you know, not many quarterbacks would have done that in college football, but Holton's that kind of guy. You know, yeah. he's such a likable guy, and uh, it, it just showed to me his maturity level and the kind of player and person he is. You hear it when he speaks, and you see it in his play, and I really, really appreciate that as a fan watching the game. I know all fans appreciate that when they watch Holton Aylers play because they know he's that kind of guy. And, and I think ECU should be proud knowing they have that kind of guy leading this football team. And uh, again, not the best game for him stat-wise today, but it's the little things like that that do stand out. If you, if you were able to catch that today, uh, it happened very quickly, but it just goes to show you the kind of person he is and the player he is. We all knew that coming in. He continues to be uh, and represent the university in such a positive light, does Holton Aylers. Now, we've talked about, again, the game with Georgia State next week potentially being canceled. Holton was asked about that also. Yesterday we had a Zoom call um, with Dr. Armin about 2 o'clock, and, uh, and that was his final say-so if we were going to go and if we're not. And I was in the locker room with, with um, pretty much the whole team because we had meetings after that. And, I mean, we weren't – we didn't know what was going to happen. We didn't know if they called it because we were getting the game canceled. I mean, we, we truly didn't know. We prepared as if we had a game, but – I mean, with 2020, I mean, we get so close so many times. I mean, you just don't know what's going to happen. But, um, I mean, we were prepared. I don't think it wasn't any of that. I mean, I, I do think that, um, you know, I mean, sometimes – anytime you have a Zoom call with a doctor, I mean, we're going to get scared now because we've been shut down a few times and, and games pushed back and stuff like that. So, um, I mean, it, it changes every single week. Yes, yeah, so that was more about, uh, I think, the, the health protocols taken prior to today's game against UCF. You know, and when you look back too at, at the preseason, you know, ECU had to pause football activities for a short time. Then they got back to work. They had to deal with a lot of players being out due to COVID 19. And so it's been such a, a, a difficult process for ECU in terms of getting ready to even play the season, much less getting ready to play the number 13 ranked team in the country today. Uh, and it's been that way, not just for ECU, but for football teams all across the country. So it's been such. It's been an, an offseason, a preseason like we've never seen before. Hopefully we never see again. So there's so many things you have to take into account now, even looking from today's game to next week's game, and then the Georgia State game to the USF game. There's so many things now the ECU has to take into account as to whether or not they can even travel, practice that week as a team, and play the game. And it's unfortunate, but it's the way things are. So teams are going to have a hard time adjusting to that. Uh, I think as the season goes on, hopefully the Pirates can can do that. They've managed it, I think, really, really well thus far. So kudos to uh, ECU's administration uh, and uh, and the health uh, officials they have in place to give them uh, the right direction they need to certainly, again, practice each week and get ready for the games. I have no idea how the decision-making process will take place in terms of whether or not they choose to, to travel to Georgia State next week. I assume, Ben, that will be Georgia State's call. Uh, we'll just have to wait 
uh, and, uh, and and find out. Again, Holton Taylor today, 14 of 29, 215, three touchdowns. He's now thrown multiple touchdown passes in four of the last five games, going back to last season, and has thrown at least one touchdown pass now in 10 straight games, again, with three today, that going back to 2019. You know, when you look at Holton Aylers, since starting his ECU career, he's compiled 6,000 one total yards. That's a lot. Uh, so it's an average of 338 yards per game for Holt and Aylers. So 36 touchdown uh, passes now on his ECU career. Uh, and we certainly uh, are, are glad to know he has one more season to go and a lot of football left to be played here in 2020 as well. We'll take another time out here and come back. 252-561-4263. Still time to get your phone calls in here on the No Quarter, uh, no quarter Post Game Show on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. Now, back to your hosts with the most. Oil, that is. Black gold. Texas tea. Uh, no. ACU football coverage. Trent McGee and Eric Graham with the No Quarter Post Game Show on 94.3 The Game. In the final stretch here on the No Quarter Post Game Show on 94.3 The Game. Trent McGee here with you. I want to thank our Interbanks Media Pirate Partners, Caribsy Restaurant in Emerald Isle, Fish Prime Raw, Transportation Impact, Chip Smarter, Spin Less, Moore's Old Time Barbecue, that's good eating right there, and Fantastic Sam's Cut and Color, quality, service, and style, all at a fantastic price. Thank you for their support throughout this college football, this EC football season here at Interbanks Media. Again, the Pirate Game Day Countdown next weekend will commence at 9 o'clock. Patrick Johnson and Terrence Copper getting you set for ECU and Georgia State should those two play next Saturday in Atlanta. This afternoon, ECU giving up 632 yards of total offense, the second most they've given up. Actually, it's the most in an ECU season opener since September 5th, 1992, when Syracuse had 634 Yards of total offense. ECU turning the football over four times today, which is the most since its five turnover game at Cincinnati back in 2018. So turnovers, costly turnovers, certainly the difference in today's game. This afternoon, one positive I thought, I thought Tyler Sneed uh, returning kicks. I thought he looked good today. Uh, and again, you heard Mike Golick and Dave Pash talk about, if you, if you watch the TV broadcast, him being one of the tougher players pound for pound in the league. I think Snead certainly is that, and I think EC wants to get the football in his hands as much as they can to have him make some plays. Again, there were so many, you know, times in the game today where I thought if EC could just, uh, you know, if, if Holden Ellis could just uh, find something going there with C.J. Johnson, find something going there with Tyler Snead to find some sort of offensive rhythm, they never really got into that offensive rhythm. And again, uh, they went back, I go back, and, and I look at how many times EC ran the football in what appeared to be critical situations when I thought maybe they should have gone to the air, but they did not. And it just, again, goes to show you that this football team and wants to try to get something going on the ground and try to prove they can run the football. I think that will be important for them to do. They're going to have to do that, I think, as the season goes on. But then again, you have to play to your strengths. And the passing game, certainly right now, we think, is the strength of this fo- of this offense. So uh, we'll see how uh, adjustments are made, if any at all, uh, offensively, what they choose to do when the Pirates visit Georgia State next Saturday. Uh, following that matchup, ECU will be on the road at USF. So, again, Georgia State, the only non-conference game. The Pirates right now are scheduled to play unless they're able to get Marshall back on the calendar. We'll wait and find out again if you're just tuning in. We mentioned earlier that uh, 
during the previous segment that Marshall's game against Rice today was postponed. So the Thundering Herd are open next weekend. And uh, if ECU doesn't play, who knows what could happen there. It seems like a lot would have to go uh, just right, Ben, for ECU Marshall to play next weekend. And right now, I don't see it being the case, but you know, I I, I don't know. I just I, it seems like there's so much that has to go into. Um, Could have to be a quick turnaround, for a sure. very quick turnaround uh, for those two teams to get together uh, and play here in Greenville. Hope that's the case because if so, we can't have up to seven percent capacity at Dowdy Ficklin if that game's played. So 3,500 can be in the stands. It was different watching the game today with no fans there. Uh, you heard some of the crowd noise pumped in there during the broadcast, of course. Mike Golick and Dave Pash were not at the game, calling the game. They were doing so remotely. So it's just, it, it takes some getting used to. I hope it's something we don't have to get used to for the remainder of the season. I hope things loosen up and we're able to see color commentators on site to call games and we're able to see more fans in the stands. I think having the fans in the stands for ECU certainly will make a difference for them. They, they'll feed off that energy. Um, you know, I made the comment earlier this week and I was dead wrong. Uh, looking back now, but you know, I thought, hey, it's they're playing UCF. They're playing one of the best teams in the country, certainly in the league. Um, you know, they'll be they'll be pumped up and ready to go. But Eric Graham made the point to me. You know, I, he thought having fans there would have helped them today, and he's probably right about that. Having that energy to feed off of would have helped them. And I tell you what, after that opening drive that ECU had, the fans would have been going crazy. I mean, it would have been a raucous, raucous environment had they been there today, especially after that opening drive that ECU had. So. Hopefully we'll get you back in the stands soon. And uh, ECU needs that. I know Mike Houston wants that. And uh, and we all want that as well. Again, uh, Ben Byron producing today's show. Our interns, thank you for getting those uh, that sound today. Philip Pilkington and the righteous Ron Smith. Meeting Ron for the first time this afternoon. Have no idea why they call you that, but I like it. The righteous Ron Smith. And the ref, Philip Pilkington. Next weekend, if we're on the air, we'll be here following... The Georgia State ECU game. Not exactly sure what time. Hopefully it won't be as long as it took to get on the air today. A four-hour game today between ECU and UCF. Unbelievable. Hopefully that game will move a little bit quicker next weekend if the Pirates play in Atlanta. A 12 noon kickoff. The Pirate game day countdown coming your way at 9 a.m. Driven by Doug Henry with Patrick Johnson, Terrence Copper, and more. And then we'll follow with a no-quarter post-game show here on 94.3 The Game. Thanks for being with us this afternoon, and we'll hopefully talk to you again next week on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game.